This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 127 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much for your time uh, and patience and love and support and knowledge. That's me just bigging you up because you've made the right choice today, let me tell you. Um, if uh, this is the first time you've ever uh, stumbled across us, Uh, We are available at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Loads of different content on there on a daily basis for you to enjoy. And you can uh, get all our past episodes, whether they be boxing, UFC or our May Max series, which is now complete. All six episodes are on our website, fightdisciples.com. And of course, with this being Wednesday, this is our boxing show. Um, And it is a boxing match at the weekend, so we will be touching upon Mayweather McGregor at some point in this particular show. Uh, but I suppose let's go to the proper stuff. Do you know those uh, types of uh, hardcore fans at the weekend? You know what I mean? The type of ones that like to exclude everybody else from the world of boxing. Mm-hmm. The ones that think that nobody should have any opinion on boxing whatsoever unless they've uh, studied the life and times of Pernell Whitaker. Those type of characters, yeah, will 100% like this particular section of the show because we're going to talk about Terence Crawford, a man that you have championed yep. for years mm-hmm. and years mm-hmm. and years. Mm-hmm. However... At the weekend, you had a little sly dig, right? Because you go, oh, yeah, how good was that performance from the pound-for-pound pound number two on the planet? <laughs> so even when he becomes the first undisputed male champion for 12 years, even when he's created history, you've got to give him a little kick because he's not Lomachenko, <laughs> haven't you? What a performance, man. What a performance. Listen, there's no... there's no. He, hang that's on. no slight on Terence Crawford. Even when he finishes him with a body shot, which you absolutely I love. I know, exactly. You still give him a kick. I know. Do you know what that, I thought as well? When that body cut, cut a shot crumpled him, dug into his body oh. and sank him. Oh. Do you know what the first thing I thought of? I swear to God what the first thing I thought was. Mayweather McGregor. And I think Mayweather's... It's, it's, I'm thinking Mayweather's going to stop him with a body shot. First thing I thought, as soon as it landed, I thought, that's how Mayweather's going to do Connor. Honestly, Mayweather's going to do Connor with a body shot. I'm, I'm convinced of it now. It's, I've, I've took me. That moment, as soon as I seen Ndongo go down, I thought, well, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Connor McGregor's going to be like Ndongo, loading up big hands. He's going to overreach that Southpaw style. Long, He's going rangy, to, exactly. confident as a motherfucker. He's going to leave his torso, his big torso. <laughs> Wide open. And uh, I think Mayweather's going to pick. Because if you watch the replay of, of Terence Crawford at the weekend, so what a finish. But he picks it. In that third round, he yeah. throws one just before. He throws a little uppercut to the body just before. And it kind of hurts him, Dongo, but he doesn't doesn't kind of connect on that floating rib like the finishing one did. But he was looking for it. He was looking for it. And then as soon as he threw that long left again and opened up that body, it was just like, good night, Vienna. Can we sunk it in there? Can we just go even more OTT on Terence Crawford? Yes, please. With 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 the fact that he's not a southpaw. I know. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? The last two fights I've seen he's him fight, one hundred percent southpaw. Felix Diaz, he did the entire fight as a southpaw. This fight, entire fight as a southpaw. He is the Ronnie O'Sullivan. <laughs> of boxing. It's brilliant. I'm being extra. I'll switch it up, mate. No bother. Brilliant. I'm not going to switch it. I'll just box left-handed this time. Yeah, exactly. And you know what is. You would never know. You would never know he's orthodox fighter 
watching him as a southpaw. You know, he's obviously he's just become the undisputed <laughs> super lightweight champion of the world, fighting southpaw, even though he's orthodox. It's insane, absolutely insane. I thought his footwork was sensational. It was just his ring IQ. Like in Dongo, okay, he's in Dongo's kind of come from nowhere, didn't he? he? Had that amazing knockout win, but then he came over to to the UK and boxed. He outboxed yeah. Ricky Burns, mm. so he proved that he can box as well. He's not just a power puncher. I think in that fight he did he was loading up a little bit too much, but then it's Tens Crawford, man, he ain't ever gonna outbox Tens Crawford. He outboxed Ricky Burns, but he ain't gonna outbox Tens Crawford. So he had to try and get Tens Crawford's respect by landing something big. But all that did was it opened up that torso, didn't it? It opened up that body to the body shot and my goodness. His fist nearly came through his back. I I honestly thought that Indongo would give him more trouble. I of thought course. Terence Crawford would win the fight, mm. but I didn't think he'd do it that early, and I didn't think it would be that Clinical. easy. Clinical, exactly. Yeah, he was so patient. It was just completely one-sided. In the biggest fight of his career, the history-making fight of his career, to do something that Floyd Mayweather's never done—he's never been undisputed champion of the world. No. Nope. To be able to take it all in your stride in front of your home fans. Struts out there against a bigger, longer, rangier opponent that has got knockout power, and to be that patient, yep. to watch where and react, and then initiate the finish. Oh my days! You're yep. telling me he's not number one pound for pound on the planet? No, he's, he isn't. He's undefeated. Your man's got beat, and a chat. I win. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish, obviously, after the fight, you know, the all talk was about what's possibly next. You know, you unified the light welterweight divisions. What's possibly next? And he's talking about moving up to welterweight. And, and Hold I, your horses. A little tear came in my eye when he said that because I was like, I was, I was just praying he was going to go. You know what? The bigger fights are back down at lightweight. I'm going to go back to lightweight because there's obviously massive opportunities there, but also that potentially opens the door for Lomachenko to move up for the biggest fight in boxing. Hang on, right? Mikey Garcia's just fought at 140. Mikey Garcia, Terence Crawford. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That is the one. Don't go to 147. Don't even go to 135. Stay at 140, Terence. You're an undisputed champion there, mate. Enjoy yourself. Put your feet up. Have a, have a turkey sandwich. Whatever you want to do, yeah? What's he, what's he going to go up for? Jeff Horn? Manny Pacquiao? Well, you know I mean, there's bigger fights where he is, or even below. Well, there's some big names at 147, isn't there? There's Sean Porter, your Keith, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Errol Spence Jr. That's a great fight. Yeah, a great fight. But, I'll give you that. But Mikey Garcia has just come up. Terence Crawford mm-hmm. at 140, especially off the back of Mikey Garcia, for me saying, "Oh, he's just he's a power puncher. He's the guy yeah. that's going to knock these kids out. Can he box as well as all these other kids?" He goes and schools Broner, puts yeah. puts some serious manners on him by uh, putting on a clinic. Big time. Yes, he can. He can whack and he can box. He's yeah. undefeated. Stick them both in the ring. Every man and his dog would want to see that, wouldn't they? Of course they would. Let's of do course it. They would. But, but Terence Crawford's talking about moving up. He's talking about going up to welterweight. No need, Terence. No, no. need. I, I think there's a new kid on the block in Mikey Garcia. I hope he does stay there. Um, obviously, I hope Mikey Garcia goes back down and fights Linares as well. I hope Lomachenko comes up. There's so many interesting fights around that weight class. I just feel like if he goes up, does be what would you rather see him against Mikey Garcia or him against Keith Thurman or Danny Garcia or me next? Yeah, yeah, Garcia, Gar- Danny Garcia, Mikey, uh, Mikey Garcia. Garcia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, because that's both those guys now are arguing to be in the mix. All those other guys, I feel like the welterweight division is a little bit. Apart from Earl Spence Jr., it feels a little bit old now. Do you know what I mean? There's old heads there. 
There's old. There's people that have been around for a while that you would argue aren't at the peak of their powers. Okay. Of course, Keith Sam Eggington. Just let, no doubt. Let's get Keith. Let's get Keith on the phone here. Yeah. Let's see what he's going to say about that. <laughs> Keith, oh shit! Yeah, Keith Thurman, man, he's my boy. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that back. Okay. <laughs> Apart from Keith Thurman, Errol Spence Jr. Yeah. And Sam Eggington. What's the welterweight division got to offer him? No, man, it's exciting though, isn't it? What a what a golden age we're in right now for these these weight classes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We get excited about the UK so much, but over in the States around this weight, you know, light welter, welter, lightweight, there's some amazing talent around right mm. now. What a, an amazing achievement. Historical achievement. First man uh, since 2005 to become the undisputed champion in any weight category. He holds for all four recognised belts and some others as well. Ring Magazine. I spoke to... Um, Randomly doing a, a show last week, I spoke to uh, Michael Rosenthal, the editor of Ring uh, yeah. Magazine, Ring TV, and podcasts and various things like that. And I mentioned that he hold uh, he was holding all four um, recognised belts. Mike stopped me in my tracks. He goes, "Yeah, but the main belt is our belt." <laughs> <laughs> and I said. Yeah, to be fair, you've got a good point there because not everybody gets a Ring Magazine belt. Not everybody gets the yeah. opportunity to fight for one of those. You've got to be number one or number two to yeah. compete for one of those. Terence already had it. It was on the line. And now, well, he's got that. He's got an IBO one in there. I mean, he's got too many, mate. Come he's on. He's got them all. He's got them all. Absolutely. All the belts. Well done, Terence Crawford. But from a fight fan's perspective, isn't it nice and refreshing to be able to say? He's the best. Who's the best light the best on the planet? Who's the best 140-pound boxer on the planet right now? He's the best. There's no there's no arguments. There's no debate. And what a time we are in, because with the World Boxing Super Series coming our way, mm. we're going to be able to say that about the cruiserweights. Well, listen, good. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up, because I just want to send out an appeal to the Sowlands and to everybody else involved in the World Boxing Super Series Muhammad Ali Trophy. Why are you talking under your breath? Because this is, you know, I want them to listen. Yeah, but in the post-edit, I'll have to boost your level so then people okay. can hear what you're saying. Listen, this is going out to the Sowlands and everyone involved in the Muhammad Ali Trophy. Please give us lightweight, light welterweight or welterweight next year in the tournament because killers everywhere. Absolute killers at £140. Imagine it. Imagine getting all them in the mix. Oh, my God. And bring it back to Liverpool as well. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a scouser at £140. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what we need to do. Uh, what did you make of Dillian White's uh, performance? Um, it was uh, two kinds of shite. <laughs> In all honesty, uh, I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, it was uh, the opponent was just basically a load of wank. He was awful. He was absolute fucking nonsense. And I said on last week's show, I wasn't too excited about it because I had a quick, and I mean a quick glance at his record, and I'd seen he'd won one of his last five. And then when I was watching that fight at the weekend, I thought, this guy won a fight in his last five. Let me check that record again. He's only had two in the last decade. Yeah. The older fights were from like 2007. He's been retired for nine years. I what think, or something the ridiculous. hell? But then, I, so then I'm watching it. I'm watching Dillian White blow away this guy that literally couldn't manage the door at Yates's Wine Lodge. And I'm thinking, what does this do for Dillian White's career? Anyone in America watching it going, what are you fucking beating some big dope for? Is, is, do you think that's going to get him a fight with Deontay Wilder? Do you think that's going to put him in pole positions to fight the winner of uh, Fury versus Parker? Of course it isn't. The guy was an absolute joking of an mm. opponent. And do you know what? I don't know. Uh, for me, as far as American debuts go, as far as someone that Dillian White claims to be world class and be one win away from a world title shot, that is not the way to get a world Fighting someone like that is not the way to get a world title shot. And we get on next, well, it's a joke, isn't it? An absolute joke. The guy was mm. absolute shambles. 
You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Going to keep the show on the proper boxing. When I say proper boxing, I don't mean obviously the biggest um, pay-per-view sporting event that the world will ever see at the weekend because that is happening. We are going to get to it at some point in this particular show. I want to talk about the proper boxing. I want to talk about Miguel Cotto being back yes, in the please. ring this weekend, uh, taking on Yoshido Kamagai. Um, sixth attempt. I say sixth attempt. He's done it before, but this is the sixth world title. Uh, that Koto will be getting his uh, hands on. Now, this has been going back and forth for some period of time, hasn't it? Because Canelo relinquished uh, the uh, WBO Super Welterweight crown, the £154 crown, when he stepped up for Chavez Jr. And we've been going, well, back and forth here on this show and especially on our Radio City talk show with the Liam Williams, Liam Smith fight. Is that uh, an interim fight? Could that be a... Uh, an eliminator fight for maybe getting a shot at this because the belt was vacant. So the belt is still vacant, uh, but the WBO have uh, have uh, stuck it on Miguel Cotto's fight at the weekend because obviously they've got a great relationship with Miguel and they're uh, giving him a little bit of a, a lift yep. uh, in order to become world champion once again. And I fully anticipate him to do that against uh, Guy, but... In the in the grand scheme of things, what does it do for this particular division? Because if the rumours are led to be believed, he's going to win this, and then he's going to vacate it and go up to one sixty because he's after the winner of Canelo and Triple G. Yeah, it's a it's a weird state of affairs, as you say. It's just the WBO's loving with uh, Miguel Cotto. I've no problem with it because he's a legend. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He but is. he's got to surely stay there to maybe set up some other fights. But he's not going to do that. I don't no. think. No, he isn't. No, we're in that he's going to move straight up, and uh, he's basically going to use that as a, this this performance on Saturday night as a springboard. Yeah, to, to, to sit and all the fights there. that he's connected with, like Triple G Canelo winner yeah. David Lemieux, yeah. they're all at one sixty. That's right. So what's the point of this? Well, the point of this is to get him a win, to get a belt back around his waist, so he's got something to negotiate with. I think. I think Kamagai, if you look at his record, he's got twenty four knockouts and twenty seven wins. Yeah, look. Deeply at his record, yeah. and uh, you know he's knocked out a lot of uh, of club level fighters, and you know his last defeat, 2015 against Alfonso Gomez. Most people remember him as the fat kid off the contender. So if he's <laughs> losing to the likes of Alfonso Gomez, then he's got no chance against the likes of Miguel Cotto, even an agent Miguel Cotto. So um, I thoroughly expect is this the kid Cotto that to... uh, Roberto Guerrero beat? I'm sure Guerrero's yes, beaten him. He has, yeah, yeah, the ghost, yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, every time this kid stepped up, he, he's come up short, you know. But he's he's got, he's got a part to play this weekend, and that's to be in the opposite corner mm. when Miguel Cotto wins his next uh, next version of the world title. And there'll, um, be, there'll be people screaming at us saying, "Well, it's obvious as to why this fight's happening at this particular weight because uh, he has been out of action since November 2015 when he yeah. was beaten uh, from Canelo. So there's a bit of ring rust. Get him in there. Get a like you say, a nice easy belt underneath his." underneath him and, and, and crack on. Only Puerto Rican to win four uh, weight divisions. He's already won one in this particular weight division, by the yeah. way. Uh, so he's going for it once again. So it's understandable from that point of view, but I'm just yeah. thinking, listen, you're at that twilight of your career now, man. You're at the back end of it. You've of already course. told us that you're only going to be here for a year. Yeah, Crack on. Get, yeah, get he, straight back in. You know, let's be honest, he can't be making that much money because ain't no, ain't no fucker going to be watching this fight anyway no. in America. It's not Crazy. like going to do big numbers. So you, you've got to wonder why, you know, Tony Bell, you told us earlier this year when he was on the show and he was like, you know, at this stage in my career, it's all about money fights. It's all about either legacy or money or both, if I can help it. This does nothing, this fight for Miguel Cotto's 
career. You could argue for his legacy, yes, he wins an, a world title once again. But it's ve- it does very much feel like a stepping stone, does very much feel like a opportunity to shake off the ring rust following the Canelo defeat mm. uh, and, and put himself back in the frame. But, you know, is he realistically going to get the winner of Canelo Triple G anyway by doing a number over a guy down at Super Welterweight? If it's Canelo, yeah. And the reason why I say that is because he's broken up now with Rock Nation, his former promoter, Jay Love a bit of Jay What is he doing in boxing? I've absolutely no idea. He's just having a fun, isn't he? Just chucking a load of cash at a load of nonsense. Uh, but he's uh, he's split that contract. He had, a, he had one fight left on that contract, but that is now split. And he's signed to Golden Boy. So he's now a Golden Boy fighter. This is the first one under the Golden Boy I think this weekend. So, David Lemieux, again, or Canelo, if Canelo comes out of that fight, if it's a great fight, there's going to be a rematch with Triple G, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, where does it place him? But if it it does fall on Canelo's side, there's a chance then that he could get himself in that mix for a fight at 160 for for all the marbles, as they say. Yeah. From a, from a UK fan's perspective, it's just frustrating because you think Smith-Williams, is that just going to be, uh, you know, we were hoping that was going to be bumped up to an official eliminator for this belt anyway, to face Miguel Cotto. But in reality, are either of those got any chance of getting a fight with Miguel Cotto? Probably not. Because mm. so, he ain't going to stick around, he's off. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, hopefully that is made a final eliminator and whoever wins that fight out of Smith and Williams will fight for the vacant title, hopefully, uh, sometime down the line. But... You know, again, the WBO, what, WBO gets a wrapper belt around Miguel Cotto's waist and stand and hold his hand in the air and get some more pictures taken. Well, they've been doing that for the last 10 years. You know what I mean? That's that, that kind of what this feels like to me. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now then, Nicholas, we've already mentioned his name on this particular podcast uh, with him being your pound for pound number one, even though Terence Crawford is the only undisputed champion on the planet. And a two-weight world champion and undefeated. Uh, just leave that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vasil Lomachenko and Guillermo Rigondao yep. could be facing each other on December the 9th on ESPN at uh-huh. Madison Square Garden. Talks are well and truly underway at this yeah. moment in time. Nothing signed, nothing sealed, nothing delivered. But if you're to believe both of these men's social media, if you're to believe all the rumours that are coming out from people that are working on this in America... Yep. It's looking likely. It is, yeah. And do you know what? It's because um, Lomachenko put something on his social media last week as well. And was like, who do you want me to fight? And he listed like four or five names on there. And uh, overwhelmingly, I checked the stats at the end, overwhelmingly, you know, five fans want him to face Rigondo. And he's kind of gone, okay then, I'll do that then. That's fair play to Rigondo because that fight would 100% not be being made because everybody in America thinks Rigondo's boring. Mm-hmm. And over the last six months, he has personally, Gone on a camera, or whoever yeah. is running his social media, yeah. has personally targeted Lomachenko. That yeah. is the fight that I want, and he has not shut up about it. Fair play, mate. We, yeah, we, we exactly. say this all the time, don't we? Shout your mouth off. Of if you want the fight, shout your mouth off. Exactly. You know, and uh, no doubt he'll have to go up two weight divisions. He'll have to go up to super featherweight to make the fight happen. But, you know, Rigo- you know, no one can touch Rigondo in his weight class. Mm-hmm. No one evidently can touch L- Lomachenko in his weight class. So mm-hmm. maybe it'll happen a feather. Maybe it might, might, they might meet in the middle. But I've got more, I think it'll probably be for, for Lomachenko's super featherweight belt, I would have thought. Um, and then it'll be upwards and onwards for him. But, uh, you know, it's a great fight out there. It's such a technical fight. Obviously, it's a bit like one for the purists. I don't think... Um, it could be a really ugly, mate. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's going to be one for the purists in that regard, that it won't be Lomachenko's greatest moment. It, I don't think it'll be, uh, you know, one for his highlight reel. But it'll be him... Uh, outworking and, and going through against Rigondo is going to show him a completely different from what everyone else has showed him. Rigondo is definitely one of the best boxers on the planet, but he's just so negative. He's just so defensive. He doesn't yeah. engage. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what Lomachenko 
Lomachenko will have to try and fight him on the front foot. But that's not a bad thing either because we'll see what Lomachenko is all about as well. So mm. from a fight fan's perspective, I love it. From Lomachenko's fan club president's perspective, <laughs> I don't think this is the biggest fight out there for him. I think there's bigger, better, more lucrative fights. But credit to him, man, he's taking it. Absolutely. And he does. if he does the number on Rigo... Well, where's the argument go then about who's the best pound for pound? Hang on. If he does a number on Rigo, it just it just silences that nag, doesn't it? Because there's a yeah. lot of nag. There's a lot of those boxing purists, those hardcore, those yeah. niche fans that don't like anybody else liking sport. Yeah. Um, those ones who still like who still say Andre Ward and you know all those types of characters. Mm-hmm. It just stops that argument yeah. of going. Yeah, but he's not done this. Yeah, but he's not fought Rigo. Yeah, but he's not. Done, you know what I mean? It just yeah. it just stops that. And the fair play with him, like you say, he has stepped up and he is. Uh, Hopefully taking that fight, we'll get to see that before. Be the interesting end of the to year. see what happens with the pace because if you remember recently, it was uh, Lomachenko come out and said, "Winner to take all. If you want to do it, then let's do it." But winner take all, because as far as he's concerned, Rogondo is doing this because it's the, his only opportunity to make a paycheck. Well, it is. That's all it is. Yeah. There you go. Um, now, last week, between ourselves on text, yeah, I sent you a message saying, "Listen, do you know that um, that fake social media account that tweeted after the back of all the Frampton fight when it got called off?" I said, yeah. that fake account that said that Frampton and McGuigan might be splitting. Hey, I'm hearing some rumours that yeah. it actually might be some substance to that. You're going, yeah, all right, whatever. And then it goes back and forth and we're looking into it and the noises are getting louder and louder and louder. Yeah. Now, we know that we know in boxing there is no smoke without fire. Uh, and then off the back of last weekend, we were hearing that the Gutierrez fight would be rescheduled, but now it's off. Yeah. It's been totally cancelled, which then adds even more fuel to the fire where people are thinking, why has it been cancelled? Is there something really in the Frampton-McGuigan thing? Nobody's making any comment here, there and everywhere. Nobody's talking about anything. And then, respected journalist, friend of our show, Steve Lillis, he posts something on his social media saying that it's the worst kept secret in boxing Mm. and that Frampton and McGuigan are splitting. Yeah, it's such a surprise. You know, I just, uh, when we seen the rumours the back end of last week, I thought, this can't be, this has got to be fake news. You know, is, it, is there a tighter team in all of boxing? Fake news. I man. love fake news. I just love the terminology. It's fake great, news. isn't it? Yeah, mm. I love it because Donald Trump uses it. Um, and uh, yeah, but as soon as I, I was just like, this can't be right. This can't be right because, you know, he's literally, that's the last partnership that if you just said to me, they're breaking up. That that would have if you just said to me, guess who's broken up, which fighter and which manager slash trainer, that would have been the last person I'd have got to on the list because they're so tight, because McGuigan's like a surrogate father to Frampton. So incredible news coming out of that camp. And you've got to think, where's this come from? What mm. could have possibly inspired it? Mm. Well, at the time of us recording this show, and I've no doubt that there will be more fallout uh, on this throughout the course of the week. Carl Frampton has now confirmed that mm. particular split off the back of what we've just been reading from uh, Steve Lillis. Yeah. Um, Carl going down the lines of saying that he would like to thank Barry, the McGuigan family, Cycle and Promotions for their time together, having taken time to consider uh, his future and discussed it with his closest to him. Uh, I am confident that now is the right time to move forward and take my career in my own hands. I still believe I'm the best featherweight in the world and I promise my fans that I'm continuing with my efforts to be uh, for my homecoming uh, fight rescheduled uh, in the very uh, near future. Uh, that is obviously off the back of the Gutierrez fight, which got called See, off. It's not just a new manager. It's not just a new promoter. It's a new coach as well. It's mm. a complete and utter change of everything 
in Carl Frampton's world. It just comes as such a surprise because we've spoke about it on this show many times in the past that we've been so impressed with what Barry McGuigan does at Cyclone Promotions. We're so mm. impressed with that setup. Still are. Nothing so changes with, with that. Yeah, yeah. What Carl Frampton has managed to achieve with young Shane McGuigan. It, it, it just feel, felt like they had the perfect recipe there, but obviously things haven't been right behind behind closed doors, and uh, Carl's chosen to take his career in a different path. We wish him well. Uh, sad news on the uh, May Mac undercard. We mentioned last week that Sean Porter was a part of that. Yeah. Gutted. Yeah. He's had to pull out Family of Family bereavements, is that That's right? right, yeah, yeah. He's had to pull out of the fight. Um, Thomas uh, Delorme has uh, got another opponent for that fight, but Sean's had to pull out of it due to uh, a death in the family. Sad news that... Um, because I was really looking forward to seeing Sean Porter do his thing, but obviously there's more important things than boxing. Of course there is, and we'll uh, wish him well, and uh, hopefully we'll see him back in the ring uh, sometime soon. But what a fantastic opportunity on that undercard for Nathan Cleverly. We mentioned that last week uh, in his fight with Badu Jack. This is a real coming-of-age fight. Everybody, eyes of the world are going to be on the fight, and with him being, well, the, your class is chief support, with it being a title fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even though Javonta's on there and everybody's making noise about Javonta, this yeah. is the one. This is the title fight that everybody wants to see. Two, uh, well, a world champion against a former world champion making his debut at light heavyweight. Uh, honestly, I think it's a brilliant fight. Uh, obviously, a massive opportunity for Nathan Cleverly against Badu Jack. But, you know, I think, it, unfortunately, Badu Jack, for me, um, even though this is his first real test, well, first fight, isn't it, light heavy? Yeah, 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 this is his first one, yeah. Um, I think this is a. I think he's got the bit between his teeth. I think when he turns up, he can be strong. He can be aggressive. He was big at super middle, wasn't he? Exactly. So he's going to be massive. Exactly, and I, you know, I kind of feel where Nathan's at in his career right now. I know he's enjoyed the real second, uh, a second birth as a as a world champion, but still, I think Badu Jack's a different kind of animal. He's a home. He's the home fighter. Don't forget, he's a Mayweather promotions fighter. I think he comes into this fight with his tail up, even though he had that draw with the Gale. Um, I think Nathan Cleverley's going to have to stamp his authority onto this fight very early on. Yeah. Or I think he's going to find himself get bullied around the ring. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be tough, this. Nathan Cleverley's going to have to go to the well, I'm telling you. Mm. It's going to be a cracker. Uh, the undercard, even though whatever you think of the main attraction on Saturday night, the undercard is stacking up to be very, very great. great. Mm, really, yeah. really good. Um, just finally, before we move on to uh, that main event at the weekend... Um, 45-year-old former three-division world champion Sugar Shane Mosley has announced his retirement. God bless him, man. What an unbelievable fighter. He was in some proper ding-dongs and he was the man that nearly, nearly did Floyd Mayweather, but he just never materialised. Exactly. You know, I've spoke about it before. I had the pleasure to be ringside for that fight in Vegas um, uh, when he wobbled Floyd twice with them right hands in the second round. And it really it really did feel like it was going to be that moment. But then, of course, we were treated to an absolute masterclass. But listen, that loss doesn't define Shane Mosley. No, it doesn't. Career. Shane Mosley is an absolute Hall of Fame icon. What an unbelievable run he had. And also an absolutely diamond of a bloke as well. Mm. Really nice. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him in the past. So... He, uh, there seems to be something in the water at the moment, isn't it? We've we've retired quite a few Hall of Fame legends over the last month. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now then, I hope you've enjoyed our Mayweather-McGregor podcast series. We produce six individual shows which breaks down loads of different aspects of the fight. Uh, Floyd's history, Connor's history, the myths surrounding the fight. Our predictions have been out there this week. There's a six-parter, so go on our website, fightdisciples.com. Have a little bit of a nosy in on it. Um, we're trying to um, create the hers on the back of your net to stand up a little bit with some lovely bits of music and quotes and everybody else's thoughts. Even Ricky Atten pops up on the show uh, this week. 
Uh, so go and have a look at it, fightdisciples.com. It is the biggest sporting event of the year. I don't care what anybody says, it is going to be massive. Now, you might have an opinion on it where you're thinking it's a farce, it's uh, it's a it's a circus, I don't want anything to do with it, I am staying away from it. And that's fine. And that might be the case on the actual night, but I guarantee you'll look, you'll watch it back. Yeah, I guarantee you'll look for a YouTube link the day after. 100%. In some way, shape or form, you are going to consume this. It's going to be unavoidable. It'll be on the news, mate. It'll be on the 10 o'clock Sunday night news or whatever it'll be, it is. It'll be running on Sky Sports ticker tape till about Tuesday. Absolutely. Um, and we can't avoid it. It is happening. This weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada, it is Floyd Mayweather, who is 49 and 49-0, taking on a boxing novice. Zero and zero. Somebody's always got to go. Conor McGregor stepping into the world of boxing. Wow. I know. I, I know, right? However, um, we've made our predictions already this week, and I will stand by it. I'm not going to change my mind now that we've got to Wednesday and I made that prediction on uh, Monday. The amount of people that have tweeted me saying, you're a dreamer, Catterall. Well, God loves the dreamers every now and again. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to dare to dream sometimes, haven't you? You know yeah. what I mean? Without those leaps of faith, where would we be? We would never have landed on the moon, would we? It just wouldn't have happened. So come on. Yes, there's logic, and Nick's probably going to be right, but I don't care, man, because if I'm right, you're all going to know about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just looking forward to it as an event now because it is what it is. Within the final couple of days, obviously there's going to be a the press conference, the weigh-ins this week. I think that's going to bring a lot of drama to it and a lot of eyeballs. I was lucky enough to do some stuff with Sky Sports last week, which apparently they're going to play out during the weigh-ins, so look out for me on Sky Sports. All right, big boy. Um, um, it, it's going to be... Can I, 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 as if we've not talked about that. By the way, right, Nick Nick went down to... Well, he was filming... Maybe we should leave this for tomorrow's show, but he was filming his UFC breakdown show, yeah, right? BT, yeah. For BT Sports. So he's gone down there to do the UFC stuff. Um, this is for UFC Rotterdam. And then yourself and Darren Till, who's been on this show many, many times uh, from the world of UFC, fantastic welterweight fighter in the UFC, Went over to Sky Sports Studios, obviously, to for Darren to do some bits on TV, right? Yep. So Nick, he goes, here, I've got some stuff for our social media that I need you to whack up on our Instagram dead quick. So I said, all right, send it over. There's a picture of him. Then there's a picture of him and Darren. Then there's a picture of him. Few, and then the last picture that he sends me, right? Him schmoozing <laughs> with Kirsty Gallagher. And I just went, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> She was wow, wow, we were. She was a smoke show, son. Honestly, Ooh. she is. I know she looks amazing on Sky Sports News. Anyway, she's most men's little fantasy. But uh, wow, in the flesh, yeah. Let me tell you, serious. <sighs> Proper better tackle that. I told Mrs. Pete afterwards. I said, "Listen, you've never had anything to worry about before." <laughs> put this one on the list but now put this on the laminate list. miss gallagher please <laughs> she is laminated but you were down there doing a bit uh on this particular fight yes we were down there darren was there with the invited darren down obviously to do uh some may max stuff live on sky sports news but when they were there they were like um oh, we know you are you the uh you know the journalist the breakdown guy any chance of doing so they pre-recorded some stuff with me pre-recorded some stuff with darren which will hopefully go up i was told during the weigh-in day on friday so uh so yeah, a little bit of so you've got your grid Sky Sports chatty there look going at, look away. At you cheating on BT? You've I got know, your grid exactly. all over Sky. Shocking, isn't it? You and Hardy, you're doing the exact same thing, aren't you? <laughs> you and the boys. I spoke to Dan. No, I got some nice footage with Dan, which we'll put out on our social media later this week. Uh, and we got some stuff with Derry Matthews. We've got yeah. other bits.
bits and bobs that we'll pull out later this week mm. around May Mac and other people's predictions and what they think. But listen, now we get now you know within touching distance now, aren't we? Now I can smell it. I can smell the leather. You know, I'm getting ready to what first thing I'm looking out for. Who's Connor? What shorts is Connor going to be wearing? How much of those sponsors paid for to be on those shorts? Did anybody sponsor the sole of Connor's boots? You know, <laughs> these are the things I'm going to be looking out for because there's some valuable real estate knocking about mm. on them shorts. And then the fight itself, you know. Listen, mate, when the foggy dew starts <sighs> playing, it is going to go off. It's going to be crazy. You know, I, I, um, I've been, I'm doing a series this week on a, on a national radio station, right? And there's people out in Vegas doing inserts into it. Gareth uh, Davis, one of our mates, mm. Wayne McCulloch, various other people who are in Vegas. Dan's already in Vegas and what yeah. have you. And already, this was on Friday of last week, and one of the conversations that I had was, you have not seen anything like this. We are still over seven days away from fight week. Normally it kicks off around Monday, but really yeah, yeah. gets going Wednesday, Thursday, right? Yeah. In fight week, something of this magnitude. Yeah. It is going off now. The Irish are here, right? I can't wait just to consume it through TV, radio, whatever it may be, because they are... Take, they are having a party, mate. This is serious, serious stuff. And if he pulls this off, if he pulls this off, Vegas is going to be shut down on Sunday, man. It's going to be insane. You're not going to be able to move. You're not no. going to be able to move. I remember footage of uh, on someone's phone after the night he beat. Do you know what? I think it was Dustin Poirier. He beat Dustin Poirier in Vegas, yeah. And there was footage from I think it was the New York, New York, or one of the big hotels, anyway. When they were they were, they were, they were dancing in the uh, when they were dancing fountain and all that stuff. The, the, the footage I remember was when they were dancing on the escalator, but then just going straight back up, and he was still dancing. So they were just doing a dancing conga up and down the escalator, Crazy. just not moving. It was just absolutely the place was just electric. And listen, you know, no one parties like the Irish, and I bet you better believe that Vegas this weekend will be absolutely bouncing there will be a few pints of guinness sucked let me tell you mm. uh, for our full predictions it is on our part six of our mayweather mcgregor podcast series please go and enjoy it don't take us too seriously because i'm daring to dream um but nick gives you more sensible angle of how he thinks <laughs> that this fight is going to pan out all right so it's all on there for you fightdisciples.com go and have a little bit of a nosy well, however you consume it at the weekend enjoy yeah. it man enjoy I, I f- it i feel like this fight now is starting to get to the point where it needs to be a you know like the end of rocky three that moment where they just both connect on the chin at the same time when they're dancing around yeah where they're just dancing each other and then they both just go and just land at exactly the same time that's what this fight needs now. That's what this fight deserves. I know, but this is extremely crazy. Yeah, it's mentally irregular, right? Yeah. But it makes all the sense in the world. Now you owe me a favor. I know, but uh, what'd you think of this? About three years ago. Oh, this is very crazy, Apollo. Look, Stallion. Now look, when you run that last fight, you won by one second. You beat me by one second, one second. That's very hard for a man of my intelligence to handle. Oh, is it? But didn't you say after I beat you, you learned how to live with it? I lied. Oh, you lied. <laughs> oh, oh, so now you just got to prove it to yourself, just right? Just myself. No TV, no newspapers, just you and me. Nothing, just you and me. Uh, age before beauty. Anything you say, Stan. Uh, I, I do all the work, all okay? Right. <laughs> I'll tell you, well, you better go slow because you ain't as young as springtime no more. I'm still young enough to whip your butt, Stan. Oh, yeah? Well, how are you going to do that? You taught me everything you know. Almost everything. You got to remember now. You fight great, but I'm a great fighter. Huh? You ready? Oh, absolutely. All right. You know, Stallion, it's too bad we got to get old, huh? <laughs> uh, just keep punching, Apollo. 
Wanna ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. Come on, come on. Boy, you really move good for an older guy. Oh, you're looking good, Stan. I taught you well. I think you taught me too good. Looking fly. Look out now. No, no, you don't want any of this. Come on, come on. Maybe I'll in here with the wrong guy. Come on, watch yourself. Ready? Tell me you're not pumped. <laughs> Tell me you're not vexed. Hollywood, baby. And this is Hollywood this weekend. Enjoy Mayweather McGregor. We will catch you next time.